We've all heard it before. It's who you know. Welcome to Social Capital, a weekly podcast that dives into social relationships and why the investment you put into them is so important. Your host, Lori Hybe, will connect with industry-leading professionals and dive into their networking experiences and expert advice. Hey, everybody. Lori Hybe here. Welcome to the Social Capital Podcast. Our show notes are found at socialcapitalpodcast.com. If you'd like to get more involved in the conversation, check out our Facebook group at Social Capital Network, a community of trust, reciprocity, and relationships. In addition, LinkedIn is a channel that you're going to find me and be able to communicate directly to me. Make sure if you haven't connected, you reach out and include a note that you heard me on Social Capital in your connection request. Today's uh, episode is sponsored by Keystone Click, which is a strategic digital marketing agency hosting bi-weekly educational webinars. You can check out more at keystoneclick.com forward slash webinars. Today's guest is Paul Edwards. Paul wears many hats, ghostwriting agency owner, best-selling author, podcast host, master networker, husband, father, older brother to younger men, amateur the- theolo- theologian, uh, I'm, I'm butchered Theologian. Sure. <laughs> theologian, thank you. <laughs> Men's physique athlete, voice mimic, and recovering insurance salesman, a first-generation Spanish-speaking immigrant to the U.S. with African heritage and Middle East comeback experience. Paul's lived in five different countries, speaks two languages, and holds three passports. Paul does two things well, words and people. When he isn't writing content for clients, you're most likely to find him building relationships and creating opportunities for his network. Paul, welcome to the show. Thanks, Lori. It's so good to be here. Great to be with you today and looking forward to adding value to the people listening. 100%. Your bio is just fascinating on so many different levels. Well, I had someone challenge me a while back to say, what are some of the most unusual things about you? And I've used the, uh, the whole five different countries, three passports, two languages thing for whenever people played uh, two truths and a lie at uh, parties or networking events and that kind of thing. So I just said, you know what, um, I'm going to expand on it a little bit and point out all these things that looking at me uh, or meeting me for the first time might not be readily apparent. Love that. I love that. I think that's a fantastic way to to generate some interest, maybe spark some curiosity and, and get some dialogue going when it comes to, to networking, um, which is something you're obviously really passionate about. Indeed. It's the foundation of uh, building. This is my the third business I've built in the last eight years. And, um, you know, there's <clears throat> there's plenty to be said for everything that you bring to the table as a prof- as a, as a professional with marketing. Um, and I don't want to discount any of that, but I think that for most people, especially in the startup uh, rookie years of business, the strongest thing that you can invest into from a marketing perspective are the other human beings who surround you because of course they can be your loudest and most appreciative uh, fans and supporters who endorse you to everyone they know. Oh, a hundred percent. And, 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 you know, that does fall under the, the marketing umbrella. I mean, marketing is brand awareness. And if other people are advocating for you, in my opinion, you know, that, that is, that's marketing. So um, I think networking is a huge component of just letting people know that you exist and helping you to stay top of mind. Um, Yes, for sure. Let's dive into this a little bit. So effective communication is something that you're, you preach quite a bit. So what role does effective communication play when it comes to growing your business? Well, you know, I've, I've said for, <clears throat> for quite a while now that uh, one of the things that came to the forefront with me was that I make way more money with my ears than I do with my mouth. And what I mean by that is that <clears throat> there's a... Um, there's a, there's a tendency in, in everyday conversations when you're building relationships with people to, uh, to, to stay on the surface of things, to, to sort of be polite and chit-chat. And, you know, I did that for a while. And um, as I was learning the ropes of networking, it was fine, right? But, but eventually I got to a point where it became very repetitive. Um, and especially if you're in a medium to small size town where you know a lot of the people, you know, the regular players in, uh, in any sort of uh, business networking event, 
um, that's going to start to get stale. Um, at least it did for me because I was passionate about it. I loved connecting with people and I loved uh, going to events and functions. And it was my primary method of generating business. But I couldn't keep talking like that. And so I said, <clears throat> I've really got to uh, get a lot more curious about people. And, and for a long time, I, didn't, I, I couldn't think of what to say. When somebody finally pointed it out to me, I suddenly realized, oh, I'm being reminded of something I, I should already know, having studied communication in university and having been exposed to newsrooms and, uh, and, and working in, in radio stations in Seattle. I should have known that the approach of the journalist or the curious TV interviewer, someone like, like an Oprah Winfrey, for example, um, you just need to distill that down to an everyday conversational level where you're asking people questions that, that quickly get beneath the surface, not in an inappropriate way, but in a way that sort of pulls out of them uh, what they wouldn't regularly reveal, not because they're ashamed or, or you know, uh, extremely private, but simply because nobody thinks to ask them. Mm-hmm. And I found, that, I found that as soon as I started asking these kind of questions that got below the surface. And then I started being a a curious journalist and saying, well, tell me, you know, tell me who, tell me what, where, when, why, how, all these open-ended sort of things. People just will will tell you all kinds of, of wonderful, weird and wonderful things about themselves. And over time, as I built up this huge giant mental Rolodex in the back of my head, I quickly discovered that whenever people told me what their problems were, or, or what their pain points were, um, I, I had right in the back of my head an instant, you know, instant list of people that I could connect them to who could help them. And so I just became this hub, uh, this sort of go-between, this, this broker almost, if you will, mm-hmm. uh, of, of one person to the next, solving problems and, and making myself valuable while holding an occupation, right, insurance salesman, that, that most people, you know, they see that you see that person coming, you're like, oh, turn and go the other way. I love that. Um, I've been using the hub and spoke kind of um, analogy to relate to networking for quite some time. And I love that you referenced that as well. And that um, you want to find the hubs or be a hub even better and be the yeah. resource and not necessarily, I mean, you weren't out to win you know, insurance sales all the time, you just want to be a resource. And I think the approach of listening is probably the most important skill when it comes to really being able to be a true resource to other people in your network. Yeah, because what happens is um, most people, when you're out there, have varying degrees of I, don't, I shouldn't say shelf life. I don't think that's the right analogy, but uh, they have only so far that they want to listen before they want to talk. Now, you know, I've given plenty of time. You could probably tabulate it up now, listening to people who had no intention of reciprocating the interest I showed in them. But by and large, I have also found that the majority of people that I do this for um, after they get done talking for quite a while and they realize I haven't said anything, they start to feel that sense of uh, reciprocity. It's, it, it goes back to, um, there's, a, there's a word in, in Hebrew for friendship and it, and it implies a certain amount of I'm in your debt, right? Not financial debt necessarily, but just I'm obligated towards you. Mm-hmm. And you create that, uh, that sense of obligation when you are busy uh, listening very closely and asking questions and not doing what most people do and make trying to trying to wrestle the center of attention back onto yourself. Let's talk about some tips. Uh, what are some uh, five tips for networking with your dream connections? Yeah, this is uh, this is one of my favorites um, <clears throat> in in my book, which by the way is going to be available to your to your audience for free digital copy. Um, I have these, or I've realized after publishing that I have had these ordered incorrectly, but they're all still the same. Um, the (laughs) first thing I tell, I tell people is you got to be an angler, right? And, and so when a, when a fly fisherman is trying to 
get a trout or a salmon to jump out of the water. Um, he's going to cast that rod at an angle that mimics the flight patterns of a fly above the surface of the water. And so the analogy that I take from that is that when you're, <clears throat> when you're in a networking function, you're going to show up sort of like uh, physically, sort of the way everyone else does, right? You, you show up, you got a smile, a handshake, you know, you're dressed professionally, whatever, whatever criteria you need to. But then when you open your mouth, you hook people, right? When you begin to communicate, you hook them. One way, shape or another, you know, the, 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 the bio that, that you were referencing earlier on, that's a hook. Um, mm -hmm. being, a, being a very attentive listener, that's a hook. And it's a hook because so few people do it. So I tell people <clears throat> when I go out to a, a function or an event or something like that, I never go to transact business, but I do go for business reasons. And the business reasons are always to meet people and ideally to hook the right people. Um, mm -hmm. Not into, not into a, signing a contract on the spot, but into developing a further relationship with me. So that's, that's number one is be an angler. Um, number two, I've sort of condensed these um, and I call it be a scout, be a therapist and be a publicist. And so scouts, as you may have heard in sports, you know, sports talent scouts uh, are always out there looking for the right people to have in their circle. And so you're always, you're always paying more attention to people than, than the average person does. You're always more curious about them. You're always trying to find out what you can about them, mm -hmm. not for the purpose of keeping tabs on people or, you know, having, you know, saying, I know things about you that no one else knows that kind of thing. No, it, it, but, but it is like, if, if that's like we talked about earlier, if you have this problem, then I know someone who can help you with it. Yep. Um, so you're, you're, you're scouting out, um, who's the right people, uh, to, to have in your circle it, going the other direction, right. As a publicist, sort of like what you're doing now as a podcast host, you're helping me, uh, make contact with however many listeners, uh, download this episode. Yep. Uh, you're helping introduce me to your audience. And so you're identifying me as somebody that you think it would be good for them to know of or know about or potentially even get acquainted with. Um, and I've taught people, you know, you don't have, the podcast is one way to do that. You can do it on your personal Facebook page, you know, for, for what it's worth. I used to go to real estate open houses and I would ask the realtor there, would you mind if I did a video tour and posted this house on Facebook so more people know about it? And what real estate agent was going to say no to that, you know, he's trying to sell yep. a house. And, sure. Um, so that's another way you can do it. And then the, the other thing of course, is be a therapist. And I, by this, I don't mean you literally like sit on, have somebody lie down on a couch and try to console <laughs> them through their problems. But, but what I do mean is you've got to, you, you have to go back and find out what is causing people to struggle because that's where you make your money. Entrepreneurs get paid first and foremost to solve problems. Um, so if we're out there offering solutions that don't solve the problems people are actually having, then we're not being entrepreneurs. Yep. And the mistake we make is we think the only solution that's worth offering is the one I get paid for. When in fact, the, the, the truth is that the, the, the solution that's worth offering is the one that solves the person's problem, whether you get paid or not. Correct. Um, and I have more um, background to that, but I won't, I won't belabor this too long. <laughs> um, <laughs> and then uh, the other thing is, is focus on the farm team. And, and, and you, you know, Lori, you're a hockey player, so you know what a farm team is. Oh yeah. <laughs> um, and, and that's the whole thing is like people, when I talk about networking with dream connections, if you learn to treat everyone around you as a potential dream connection, whether they actually are one or not, sooner or later, you're going to be in front of that dream connection. And I use the examples of socially prominent people like politicians or celebrities or actors or athletes, whatever, you know, it, it, and, and I've met plenty of those people and I've added value to them. Um, but it doesn't necessarily have to be that. It, 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 it could just be your absolute 
dream client, you know, that one magic client that goes a thousand miles deep and, you know, keeps you busy and, you know, floods your, your business with new revenue. But if you know what to say to them when you get in front of them, because you've been practicing it on hundreds of other people who didn't fit that profile, um, you're not going to stumble through your words. You're not going to be at a loss for what to say or how to say it. You're going to, you're going to launch into it the same way you would with everybody else you've ever done it with. And so while you're working your way up towards being in front of that dream connection, focus on the farm team, practice on the everyday people that you run into all the time. That's fantastic. I love that. One, I love all your, is it the analogies or just the, the way to really kind of retain that information real simple, the angler, scout therapist, publicist, but the focusing on the farm team is I'm getting like this major aha moment out of it. And I, I love that philosophy and it makes sense. It's practice on, on the people that aren't necessarily your dream connection. So that when that opportunity presents itself, you can just knock it out of the park right away. Yeah. You know, I tell this story <clears throat> in the book. I was, I was looking for, um, a couple of things. I was looking, I was always on the lookout for insurance clients, but I've, I've learned the only way I really get them is by not talking about insurance. Right. Yep. <laughs> so, um, but in the meantime, I was serving on a couple of nonprofit boards. One of them was a local Miss America pageant. The other one was a, a military support network. And we were doing two fundraisers or two events, I should say at the same time. One was a, was a pageant for Miss Thurston County. The other one was a a fundraiser um, cigar slash poker game that we were going to invite a bunch of, uh, of my friends to. And we needed a celebrity judge for the pageant. And we also needed a venue for the poker game where we could smoke indoors, right? Because mm -hmm. it would be late in the wintertime. It's not Southern California or the tropics. So you can't sit outside and do it. So um I knew that there was one person who could actually solve both of those problems in one go. And he was the CEO of a local tribal casino. And I, but I didn't know him. And so I knew, I knew enough to know if I just sent him an email, I'm, he's not even going to answer. Sure. Um, and so, but I told the boards of the, the two nonprofits, I said, I don't know him, but I think I, I think I can get close to him. I think I, I probably know someone who can introduce me. <laughs> And so a couple of days later, I was talking to a friend of mine in real estate and he said, well, I don't know him either, but I do know where he's going to be at a certain time where you could be in a, in a small gathering in the same room as him. And I said, say when and where, and I'll be there. Yeah, that's powerful. So, so I actually ended up getting invited to this fundraiser for the guy who was running for governor of Washington state in 2016 it was kind of funny being in that room and thinking, I'm not here to meet the guy running for governor. I'm actually here to meet one of the people who's <laughs> gathered around him. Sure. But I went. And so, you know, the, the aftermath and here he comes, he's walking right up to me. And I said to him, Hey, I, you know, I, I, I walk up, I shake his hand and I said, listen, um, you and I don't know each other. But the reason I'm, I'm introducing myself is I'm on the board for the Miss Thurston County pageant, and we're looking for local celebrity judges and wanted your name came up and I wanted to see if you'd be interested in that. And his face broke into a wide smile. And, and he said, that sounds like a lot of fun. And he gave me his card and he said, email me and I will reply to you. Right. So now I've got this, <clears throat> now I've got a beeline right to the, the very head of the organization right? So I, you know, and that was all we said, right? We didn't, I didn't talk about the card game. I didn't talk about insurance. I didn't talk about anything else. Well, a couple of weeks later, I emailed him the information and he confirmed to be a judge. And then I said, oh, by the way, um, we were, we, this is something else I'm working on. And we were wondering how the casino would look at supporting a fundraiser for soldiers and their families on JBLM. Um, and, and they said, yeah, we got a private room. You can set up the card tables. We'll provide dealers. You got to pay for the refreshments and the dealers, but we'll, we'll provide the room for free. Oh, so I got the judge, I got the room for the rooms for free, the venue. And then during that process, um, not the CEO himself, but his, uh, you know, his, uh, 
events manager and I, we were sitting at a table working out the details and she said, you know, I actually, you're in insurance. I said, yeah. And she said, I'm, I actually need your help. I'm opening a business and I need, I need someone to, uh, to help me get the commercial insurance set up for it. So, so I ended up getting to talk about insurance anyway, and I got a new client out of it. And it was just a, you know, it was a, it was a grand slam moment for me. And I, and I was like, you know, someday I'm going to write a book about this because this is not an accident. And this is not just me because of the way I part my hair, right? It's, it's actually something I'm doing. And I don't know what it, I don't exactly know what it is, but now, nowadays I can look back and say, oh yeah, that's exactly what I write about in my book. Yeah. That's fantastic. That's a great story. Thank you for sharing that. I think it's going to resonate with a number of our listeners. Um, what I like is that you were, you were very strategic about your actions and, and you, you found an opportunity to kind of what's the right word to, to slide in and, and kind of create a presence in front of the person that you wanted to connect with. And you, you approached it, I think very elegantly and um, it, it kind of exploded into way more than you anticipated it being, which it sounds like, which is awesome. Um, I love those types of stories. Yeah. Yeah. They're the best kind. And when you're working on win, win, win all around, mm-hmm. they, they happen more often than, the, than, than otherwise. Totally. So Paul, all businesses want influence in the marketplace. How do you suggest that they achieve that? Um, the, the phrase that I've coined for this um, is, is what I call, um, you need to set about building your own unpaid sales force. And um, funnily enough, I, I didn't think about this until recently. The, the, the occupation of ghostwriting actually has a, a parallel to this. Which, which is what my agency does. And if you think about it, we are always either taking information in via our ears and eyes, or we're spreading it out via our fingertips on the keyboard. And so um, when you're trying to build influence in the marketplace, what you're really trying to do is reproduce a message that resonates with people. Um, and, and, and the way that I found to do this um, is that I, I, as I kept networking and as I kept showing up and as I kept adding value in the groups that I was a part of, pretty soon some people began to become like walking, talking billboards for me. Um, mm-hmm. And they were and totally voluntary, right? It wasn't like I had some master switch or something like that and press a button and people talked about me. But <clears throat> these people also had friends and neighbors and coworkers and associates that they spent time with who would say, you know, I, I, I need to find a new insurance agent. Who do you recommend? And I had become so adept at showing up consistently, both digitally and in person uh, with a giving hand that I was always, I was constantly getting recommendations. My, my phone was constantly ringing in my office with somebody saying, I was referred to you by so-and-so. I, so-and-so told me to call you because I need help with my insurance. Oh, you're, you're so-and-so's insurance agent. And I told him about my problem and he suggested I contact you. So when I, when, I, when I got into ghostwriting, I suddenly realized I was, in this case, I was the author and all of these people who were recommending me were my ghostwriters, right? They were carrying my message. They were just doing it verbally instead of in print. Um, they were carrying my message one way or the other. They were, that what, what they liked about me really resonated and struck a chord with them. And they would go and tell other people, hey, this guy, you can trust him. He's responsible. He's reliable. He's prompt. He, he does that. He gets the job done. He's fun to be around, whatever, right. Whatever qualities they admired about me. Um, I was, I had my own series of, 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 uh, marketing ghostwriters, uh, mm-hmm. who basically carried my message to the marketplace and spread the word. And so I became very, <laughs> I don't want to put not this is not tooting my own horn it's just describing i was very well known uh in the community and i'm and a similar sort of thing is happening now in the servant leader influencer um coach consultant 
space, a lot of people are, my name is starting to travel around before I get there. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, effect, what role does effective communication play? Well, I can't build a business without it. I don't know of anyone who can. Oh, I agree 100%. 100%. Um, and, and really you, you said one of the words that I really am an advocate of is just really finding that message that resonates with people and that there's yep. an art to that, you know, it's, it's not, um, it's not a black and white science experiment. It's very much, um, an art of understanding who that person is that you are trying to connect with and figuring out what is the message that is going to resonate with them. Yeah, well, and, and you would know, Lori, from <clears throat> from working in digital marketing, mm -hmm. and, and I know that, that you've got probably several different forms that you do, but um, I've learned with 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 on the digital side that whenever you see a marketing campaign working, my first question is, okay, why would that why does that work for that particular brand with that particular audience? Because if I tried the same thing. I get nothing, right? Mm -hmm. I, I would get crickets. I would get, you know, I get, <laughs> I'd waste a bunch of money, a bunch of time and a bunch of energy uh, building, building a campaign that doesn't work. And that, yeah, absolutely. It's, it's, you can't just look at it and say, okay, cookie cutter. If I do the same thing, it's going to work out fine. Mm -hmm. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. It, it is interesting. And, and that's, you know, I don't want to go deep into our approach and methodology of that, but that that is really what we do is understand, it's understanding the customer and figuring out what is gonna resonate with them and where, it's not just the what, but it's the where, where do you position that message then too? Yeah, and and when, like how often should uh, you send it? All, all right. of those, <laughs> all of the questions. <laughs> yep, we go back to those questions of journalism again. Sure, absolutely. So oftentimes business owners are definitely hearing this word no more times than they probably like. Um, how do you get those opportunities that say yes? Yeah, I, I, uh, I actually like hearing no. And I know that's, <laughs> especially if you're brand new in business, you're listening to that, you're like, you got to be out of your mind. No, no, I'm not. Um, and not just for like clients from hell type of thing, right? I mean, nobody wants a client from hell. But what I've also discovered is nobody wants, you know, a pretty decent client who's not a fit. Um, because you know, what can happen, you, you may have experienced this or come across people, right? They think they want what you do. But they're getting they're putting the cart before the horse, there's other work they haven't done yet, that doesn't yep. justify bringing in what you do. So coming back to the no, <clears throat> that's one of the first things I want to get on the table is look, um, no is an option. In fact, no is the best option, probably nine times out of 10. Because nine times out of 10, when people are coming to me for copywriting or writing a book or something like that, they really ought to be starting with someone like you who can get them the kind of traction in the marketplace where, you know, they need to increase their exposure, their brand recognition, their, uh, the, you know, their authority mm -hmm. and a book becomes, uh, you know, and a, and a highly optimized blog become a, a much more valuable thing. Otherwise, you know, you're creating content that for the most part, not many people are going to read. Attention is so difficult to, to capture and then hang on to. Yep. Um, that you, in my opinion, I think you really need to have the traction that a digital marketing expert can bring you first and then, uh, you know, bring in what we do. Um, so anyway, um, I tell people, look, no is frequently the best answer. And if, if, if at the end of this, you're not, you have reason to think you should say no, please say no. Right. I, and, and that's counterintuitive because everybody's thinking you got to get a yes. You got to get a yes. No, no, I want a yes from the right person. I don't mm -hmm. want a yes from somebody who is going to spend a bunch of money with me. And then three months later, they're going to be bad mouthing me because it didn't work. Yep. Yeah. I so agree. We with have that. to be comfortable with that. I, I agree hundred percent with that. I mean, there's, 
saying no um, saves everyone time, money, energy, frustration, um, as opposed to saying no answer at all. I guess, you know, not answering should be the way I position that. <laughs> um, but yeah, yeah. Psychologically, what it does is it is it it frees that person up to say, okay, whatever that whatever else I might discover in this conversation, I'm dealing with somebody who is totally comfortable that nothing that potentially nothing comes of it. And then I don't have to feel the pressure of, you know, uh, pushy sales tactics or, you know, anything like that. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Great information. This is going to be a, a quick pause for a message from our sponsor here. Social Capital is sponsored by Keystone Click. Located in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, Keystone Click is a strategic digital marketing agency focused on helping their clients generate and nurture opportunities online. For Social Capital listeners, they've created an awesome Guide to Profits booklet featuring 42 tips on how to build brand awareness, generate leads, and nurture those opportunities online. Visit keystoneclick.com backslash profits to download your own guide today. Paul, I know we've covered a little bit about networking, um, but I'm hoping that you can share with our listeners one of your most successful or favorite networking experiences that you've had. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, in the last three or four years, uh, masterminds have become, uh, mastermind leaders and people who participate in masterminds who have that culture of uh, collaboration and uh, everybody growing together um, mm -hmm. are, are, comprise at least 50% of my clientele because there's not just, it's not just networking. It's, it's that the, there's a purpose attached to it that, that goes beyond, um, you know, your, your obvious commercial self-interest. And um, from these groups, I've, uh, I've built several relationships that are basically the springboard to capture nearly every client I've had. And what, what um, most especially among them is, is Aaron Walker. Um, now, his mastermind is called Iron Sharpens Iron. I'm a member of it. Mm -hmm. And the way that I got into that <clears throat> was um, Aaron got introduced to me by a friend. So, you know, it went back to my cornerstone principles, right? Be, be um, pro bono publicity is what I call it for podcasting or that kind of thing and be a, you know, be a publicist. And so Aaron's a ser serial podcast guest. So I invited him on my show and he came on and I could immediately tell I like this guy and, and would love to spend more time learning from him. And uh, he happened to mention, you know, in this was 2019, he said in October, we're going to launch a new product and uh, I'll be looking to, to promote it then. And I said, well, you know, you're already invited back if you'd like to come on this show again at that time and it would help you. And he said, absolutely. So, you know, we got done with the interview and from then on, I did what I've always known how to do, even if you're broke. Even if you're broke, you can still introduce people who, who should know each other, right? That's what I tell people. Even if you don't have a, a penny to spend on marketing, you still have a, if you're a relational billionaire, it doesn't matter because of who you know. And so I knew a lot of people, some of them socially prominent and some of them, you know, who fly below the radar, but, the, but still people that, that Aaron would want to know. And I started introducing him pretty much, you know, almost unsolicited. And the difference when I started doing this is that Aaron thrives on that kind of stuff. Most people appreciate it, but Aaron, you know, is, it's like the lifeblood of his business too. And all of a sudden he was meeting all these people, some of them in his own hometown that he didn't know um, and getting connected. Uh, and, and so when he came back in October of 2019, I was still struggling. I was about <clears throat> um, 15 months into being broke with no income. And uh, he came back and we did the interview. And when we were on the post-interview chat, he said, look, you've introduced me to all these incredible people. You don't know how much I value that. And you need to let me do something for you. Well, I had been waiting for, 
somebody to say that for I don't know how long. <laughs> and, and but of course, you know, I was I'd been broke for 15 months and I was like, Aaron, I don't even know what to ask for. And he said, Well, what's something that you could do? Your your current business attempts are not working out. So what's something you could do that is valuable, you know, people are currently paying for? Right. And he helped me cut right to it. And I said, Well, talented writer, you know, I've been been writing all my life. I've never been able to put it down. And he said, well, yeah, that people need that. Matter of fact, he said, why don't you, why don't we give it a try? You can come and write for me. You know, I need a, I need to hire a writer. I've got blogs and content that I physically can't get to because I'm too busy. Um, why don't you come and write content for my team? And if I like it, and you like it, we'll, we'll keep doing it. And then we'll see what, what comes of it. So started doing that, joined the mastermind. And <clears throat> um, about two months after that, uh, hands started to go up and, and said, I need help too. Nice. Um, can you come and write for me? I'll pay you for it. And six months later, I had a business. I mean, I was, you know, doing, uh, doing five figures, you know, and I was like, where did that come from? You know, mm -hmm. it, it's just, it's just to go, just goes to show you, like, sometimes you got to do this. If you don't know who you're looking for. And I didn't for many years, sure. sometimes you got to do this for a long time, but eventually some, you're going to do it for the right person. If you don't give up and you keep doing it, eventually you're going to do it for the right person who, you know, has the ability to elevate your business to the next level. And that's what happened to me. I just kept doing it until the right person came along. And then all of a sudden I was a legit entrepreneur, just like I'd always wanted to be. That's, that's a great story. I love that. And I love the perseverance to just keep following and trusting your gut on this is how I'm going to just continue to give, you know, and connect people without really expecting anything in return. And you didn't even have to have an ask for, for the return, it was asked of you. What can I give you back? I think that's an amazing, actually. That I feel like that one. I haven't really heard much of that story before. That that situation happening, but I, I it's that's a great story to share. So thank you for sharing that. Yeah, you know, you're you're welcome, Lori. And I I just want to say, um, there are some. There's plenty in this world that changes, mm -hmm. right? Technology changes. Medicine changes. Um, uh, you know, education changes, knowledge deepens, but there are some things that never change. And one of them is um, that most of the time, generosity begets generosity, right? Most of the time, a, a generous person will themselves be blessed and refreshed by, an, by the generosity of another. And so that was all I could hold on to, Right but it's an unchanging eternal principle. So sooner or later, you know, and this would be an aside into some of my other issues of overcoming egotism and pride and self-centeredness, but, but sooner or later, when you've done enough of that work to, to stop letting that interfere and you're just giving because it's just who you are and you don't expect anything in return, it's going to come back to you. Yeah, I agree with that hundred percent. Karma, right? Isn't that what that's called? <laughs> Something like Some, that. That's right. Yep. Yep. <laughs> well, how do you stay in front of and best nurture your network in your community? Oh, that's a good question. Um, there's a couple different ways I do it. What I've found is that um, the, the, the most meaningful and impactful ways are video messages and handwritten notes. Mm-hmm. Um, now you might think, well, I know hundreds of people. That's, that's an awful lot of time. I don't do hundreds of people any more than you, than you would, but I, but you can do one a day. Sure. You could do, you could, you could batch record 20 videos one day out of a month and, uh, and send them. Right. And what that does is <clears throat> it communicates something besides whatever message you send. It also communicates that this person could have busied themselves with any number of things in their business. Instead, they chose to spend, you know, 60 to 90 seconds greeting me personally or two minutes uh, writing to say they care 
with their hand instead of with their keyboard. Yep. Um, it, it, it just, it just works. I, 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 you know, I get handwritten stuff from people and I, and I don't know, maybe I don't, maybe it doesn't impact me the way it impacts other people. Um, I mean, I think it's nice, but I'm, I'm so used to it that I, I guess I don't notice it the way other people do. Yeah. But, um, that's the most important way. The second thing is, you know, is just continuing to show up for one reason or another besides your own self-interest. Um, and people will tell you all sorts of things about themselves. You don't have to, it's not a mystery, right? They advertise half of it on social media. The other half you can pick up by having conversations with them. Um, but they'll tell you all sorts of things, right? How did I know that you were a hockey player? Well, because I asked you about it because I saw it on your, on your profile. Mm -hmm. And so I could talk hockey with you all day long. I can tell you how incredibly disappointed I am that once again, the Edmonton Oilers were eliminated from the Stanley cup playoffs. <laughs> and I'm so tired of my hometown team being a bunch of losers, but anyway, I won't get into that. <laughs> <laughs> um, but you know, I could, that's the thing is like people tell you all sorts of useful information about themselves you just got to write it down when they tell you. Um, and then you have excuses to talk to them again. Exactly. Yep. And, and next time they make it in the playoffs, I'll definitely ping you and say, go Oilers. <laughs> it's, it's, it, I, I'm, I, I hate to sound fatalistic, but I'm, I'm beginning to give up. <laughs> the, oh, I know no. they'll make it into the playoffs, but, but I don't know that they'll, <laughs> they'll get much beyond the first or second round. Well, making it is step one, right? So <laughs> that's, that's the oh, important boy. part. Um, so disappointing. But anyway. Yeah. Well, my Blackhawks didn't get very far. So <laughs> yeah, um, they uh, that's that's disappointing. They they were they were quite hot a few years back. Yeah, they, they, they had a little window of shining moments. Um, but yeah, not not lately, <laughs> which is no. okay. Tampa's totally dominating things right now, looks like. Yeah, you know, that's kind of fun actually to see. Um, Vegas is fun to watch too, um, but we don't have to go down those rabbit holes <laughs> while we're recording. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Paul, here's a fun one. If you could go back to your 20 year old self, what would you tell yourself to do more of, less of, or differently with regards to your professional career? Oh boy. I have to think of how my 20 year old self was. Um, but I would say, um, get a lot more curious and a lot less uh, rushed to get to the quick answer of why mm -hmm. things are the way they are. You know, it's a funny thing, Lori, I'm 41, and I feel like I have more time left on the clock, even though chronologically I'm 20 or 21 years removed from that experience. I felt like I had less time left on the clock back then. And part of the reason is um, how enriched my life is by the personal relationships that I have. Um, if, you, if you want anything that's, that's an indicator of the likelihood that you will live to a ripe old age in great health and, and uh, depart this planet surrounded by people who care about you and, and, and have nothing but nice things to say about you. It's the quality of the relationships that you're building today. And people are not uh, organisms to be analyzed in a lab. They're living, breathing stories. And the person who cares enough to learn about those stories, um, not, you know, we don't have time to learn each other's entire biography from cradle to grave, but I, but I could give you enough time to learn what's been going well for you in the last few weeks? What's your current struggle? Uh, and, and what are you looking forward to in the future? Th those are questions I could ask, sure. you know? Um, so the person who has the ability to treat people that way consistently everywhere they go um, will, will never lack for friends. And I was so the opposite of that when I was 20 um, because I just, I was just so self-absorbed and self-involved and, 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 and so conditioned to think of myself and others the opposite way, mm -hmm. right? That life was meaningless and there wasn't anything to it. And it was just, you know, I'm, 
I'm, I'm just some, some kind of highly evolved animal. And, and the reality is I had, you know, we, we all have these, these stories. We have these, these uh, unique things that no one else has lived or experienced quite the same way we have. Mm-hmm. If you can hold on to that and never lose your curiosity about it, um, I think it's probably one of the m- most potent ingredients of a long life well-lived. And, uh, and I wish I could go back and tell my 20-year-old self that and, and have him understand it. Yeah, that was going to be my next question. Do you think you would understand that if <laughs> you would be de- telling yourself this? That is fascinating. I like that. It totally resonates with I me. Think, I think there were probably parts of it that I could have grabbed onto. I think it would mm-hmm. have been a refreshing alternative to the, the, uh, the drivel that I was taking in um, at that time from pop culture and, uh, and the sources sure. that I trusted. Um, but I don't think I would have understood it or practically known what to do with it. Sure. Yeah, that makes sense. All right, Paul, I'm going to give you the opportunity to interview me. What is something that you'd like to ask me? I'm going to, I'm going to go with those questions, Lori. And forgive me if I asked you this the last time we talked, but I want to know what is going really well for you lately? Um, What's going well for me is that uh, my, from a business perspective, I'd say what we're doing for uh, marketing, branding, and awareness is um, is becoming quite fruitful. And I, I feel really good about that. I have an amazing team. I love my team. Um, everyone enjoys what they're doing. They're invested, they're contributing, they're producing, and and that is something that I know is very challenging and hard to build. And I just, I love the team that we have. Hmm. Now, what about something that's not going so well? What, what's the biggest challenge or the hardest part of being you right now? <laughs> uh, that's an easy answer, unfortunately, <laughs> um, is that I, I overcommit. I, I want to do everything. I want to help everyone. I want to get involved in everything. And my time tends to be, I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm overbooked. I'm overcommitted. Um, and so I just, I really need to invest in um, being more strategic about how I use my time. Hmm. Yeah. And then my, and then my third question is, uh, what are you looking forward to? I'm looking forward to things opening up again. There's, there's a, a marketing agency owner conference that's taking place in August in Chicago. And, um, you know, it was supposed to happen last year. And obviously that, that didn't happen. And it'll just be nice to be around my peers. You talked about masterminds. So I'm in a mastermind group for agency owners and, and to just, you know, be in the same room with other like-minded individuals that have the same ups and downs that I'm experiencing is just there's so much energy and motivation that I get from that. And I am very much looking forward to that. Yeah, it, it does. It does. Um, it, it, it changes the game. I think networking still takes place in groups like that. A hundred percent. But not the way in like a group that is specifically advertised as a business networking group. Mm-hmm. Um, you, I've never been to business a gathering. From it, though. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. But I've never been to a, a gathering of my mastermind and had people walk up and shove their business cards or try to sell me products on the spot. Mm-hmm. You know, it's always about yeah. let's grow together. And then, by the way, what is it you're up to anyway? And through several meaningful conversations, sometimes, you know, yeah, they say, you know, as a matter of fact, I'm looking for help with that. Yeah. And, and, and I would love to talk further about that. So yeah, it, um, uh, it is. It's a. It's a big. It's a big plus for anyone to have, and I'm glad to hear that. Uh, like me, you're you're a part of a group like that. Yeah, it's probably one of the best things I did for myself personally, but also my business. Yep. Um, Paul, I know you've got. You said uh, you've got an offer for our listeners. I believe you mentioned your book. You want to talk a little bit about that, pre, uh, real quick, and and how our listeners can can access that. 
Yes, uh, the book is called Influencer Networking Secrets, published by my good friends at Morgan James Publishing. And um, I'm, I, I can feel over time that I'm going to need to issue probably a second or third edition of this because networking just keeps getting more and more interesting. And um, it's, it, it basically lays out a very simple blueprint, both of how to be as well as how to do. So there are practical tips in there um, that, that you may need to take and tailor to your unique experience. But they, they're, they flow from overarching, unchanging principles that are built into the, the planet we live on and the universe we live in um, that, that, that have not changed for thousands of years. Uh, and, and they form the cornerstone of <clears throat> all success, I think, that you see um, going on in the world is, is, is all, all takes place because at least two or more people are involved cooperating with each other. And I found that to be a tremendously way, useful way of building my business. And so the digital copy will be available to any listener who wants it. If you'd like a physical copy, uh, you're feel free to reach out to me via social media and, uh, and I, can, I can run that way as well. Or if you want to go the old-fashioned route, you can buy it on Amazon or barnesandnoble.com. Fantastic. All right. If anyone was interested in getting in contact with you, ultimately, what is the best way that they can reach you? I'm on all the, uh, the well, the big three, Facebook, LinkedIn, and Instagram. Uh, the, the handle is the, T-H-E, Paul S. Edwards. So the Paul S. Edwards. All right. And we will include all of that information in our show notes. Um, Paul, this was great. You had some amazing stories. Thank you so much for being on our show today. Hey, Lori, my pleasure. Thanks for having me. All right. This wraps up our episode of Social Capital. A huge thank you to Paul for taking the time to connect with us. As mentioned before, let's connect on LinkedIn. Connect with me, connect with Paul. I'd love to hear more about your story and I look forward to hearing from you shortly. Have an amazing day, everybody. That's all for this episode of the Social Capital Podcast. Visit socialcapitalpodcast.com for show notes, more episodes, and to see who will be on the show next. Thank you for listening and we'll see you next episode.